Hey guys, welcome back to Privy Alliance Podcast. This is just Sarah today. Whitney is seeing clients, but we have a super special guest. We're so excited. Renee, you know her, the mom room and your best friend you should have as a mom, basically. (laughs) I love it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are big fans. And I'll tell you the very first reel that I think I saw of yours was, um, Someone was like saying basically like why your husband would have to do any job when he came home. Mm. And I was like, did someone literally ask her that? But then I'm like, and then more I become a mom and have another son. I was like, people ask that and assume that and actually believe we should live that way. Um, And when you explained it, I was like, thank God someone's saying it, right? Yeah, I think that comment was... Well, I've received a ton, obviously, but someone had said something like, so you expect your husband to do a hundred percent of his job and then come home and do 50% of your job. And I was like, uh, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. (laughs) Like he, he also lives in this house and he also has children or a child plus two dogs. They're kind of like children. Um, so that's not how it works. No. So do you, do people just like, okay, so let's tell, let me tell, back up to our audience. You have a great podcast. You have a great following. Moms come to you for just like the real, right? And it's like, do people just like randomly send you these horrible comments or is it just, you think because you're out there being honest about motherhood that it just really rubs them wrong? I think majority of comments like that, that I get are from TikTok. And I think the reason TikTok is less of a, there's less of a sense of community because when you post something, it just goes out and anybody can see it. So I think a lot of times what happens is when I talk about something that is like, it shouldn't be controversial, but you know, something that rubs people the wrong way, like saying, yeah, my husband comes home and is 50, 50 childcare, house care tasks. I think people see that and get defensive, especially men, and then they comment on it. And so TikTok, like the algorithm now pushes it towards that audience. And I'm like, wow, all these angry men are seeing only the videos that talks about like division of labor or like the mental load of motherhood. And that's where those comments come from. Whereas when I post on Instagram, the majority of people that are seeing the content already follow me and it's more of like a community feel. They relate to it. It's like a different vibe. So usually those comments are TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that brings up a good point. Has social media made it harder for you as a mom, you think, or easier to relate to others? Or, you know, I hear it both ways from people. It's like, ah, I have this comparison lie factor where it's like, she's got it together. I don't. And other people are like, they kind of get, they doom scrolling, right? Like then we kind of just scroll into like moms, they say complaining about motherhood, but they're not right. They're sharing, but then you kind of go that mental path. So like, how's that look like for you? I realized very early on that because when I was pregnant with Milo, it was very much, I'm on Pinterest, making my little Pinterest boards, so concerned about his nursery and that, you know, that looks good. Bought all the books that I should be reading. And 
I had this expectation, which I think a lot of women do of what labor and delivery was going to be like, what those days in the hospital were going to be like, what it was going to be like when I got home, which was completely like the expectations that I had were not at all what happened. And so I quickly started to realize that what you see on social media, yes, that might be reality for some people. For the most part, I think people have a hard time, especially women, especially moms sharing the difficulties, especially in those early uh, days, because society tells us like, this is the best time of your life. Like you should be the absolute happiest right now. Like what a blessing. This is exciting. Everybody's excited to meet the baby and just kind of like forgets about what the mom might be going through. Everybody feels entitled to like visiting the baby. And like our culture is so bizarre around that whole experience, like labor delivery and the early postpartum weeks. It's all about the baby. Moms feel like they can't open up about what they're actually going through. And so right away, like from the moment that they put Milo on my chest after giving birth, I was like, why am I not crying? And like, so overjoyed, like you see in the movies and what other people talk about. I was just kind of like, oh, here's this little thing that I've been growing inside of me. Like, oh, he's here. Like, hello, little person, you know, like, yeah. So that was like the second he was born, I started to experience all these things. That was not what I was expecting. And so I chose to, I started with a blog. So I would just write, I did not have a following at this time. I was like an academic person started a blog and was just sharing it on my Instagram that had like a very small following and realized that so many people had the same experience that I had, like not crying when they put him on my chest, not wanting visitors in the early days and weeks of postpartum anxiety. Like every night I would start bawling my eyes out. Like it felt like the world was ending. Like as soon as the sun would start going down, I was like hysterical. And yeah. And I remember telling my doctor who I'm very lucky in the sense that my family doctor at that time was a young mom herself. She had little kids and was very like empathetic and understanding to what was going on. And she said, it's actually very common for new moms. When the sun starts going down, it starts getting dark. The house is now quiet. Your support people have left. It's just you and your partner and the baby. Moms start to get anxious. And she's like, that's very normal. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wrote about that and all these different things. And then I started to realize like, oh, this is actually a very common experience. It's just not talked about. It's not depicted in TV and movies. And yeah, so that's kind of where this all started. And I don't even remember what your initial question was because I could just no, talk forever. I love it though because, <laughs> no, I love it because you didn't see that in social media. So you put it out there. Exactly. That is, I mean, that you answered it perfectly because it wasn't. Um, now, what year was Milo born? 2018. 
Okay. So I, that's um, when my oldest was born and you're right. Like there was nothing mm-hmm. out there. Um, like I and- was more concerned about getting, you know, those beautiful wicker little baskets that he would oh, nap I in. Uh huh. And like, I was all about Pinterest. Like you said, like you made your board, you know, you cared probably way too much what your baby shower cake would look like, right? (laughs) Like to be truthful, you know, and it's, and you're exactly right. Like no one, which a lot of my close friends were pregnant with me at the same time, or just like slightly out, like, or just like a month or two before. And we didn't know, like no one knew and no, and it wasn't certainly on Pinterest that this could happen. So you're right. It like, and I think it's happened to me in multiple stages, not just the newborn stage, but like when he became a toddler and like I had to deal with his emotions and it was messy and it was loud and we had teething and we had regressions. And I was like, okay, wait, no one told me. Everybody just kind of was like, oh, just get past the newborn stage. Right. And you're just like, okay, I'm past that. And it's still not easy. It's yeah. still not Pinterest I found. When Milo started crawling up until about like three and a half and he's about four and a half now, like that crawling up until three and a half, when they start to gain a little bit more independence, that was rough for me. Like I do not enjoy that stage. Obviously they're insanely cute and they do really cute things and there's amazing moments. Like I'm not saying it's all terrible, but like that was really difficult for me and my personality and like me being a busybody and wanting to get things done. And that was a struggle for me. And super, that, super struggle. Like you were saying, nobody talks about how actually stressful little things can be. Like, for example, getting your child to brush their teeth, getting them to get dressed in the morning putting on their boots to go outside. Like those are daily things and like they're so small, but it can completely derail your morning, your evening. Yeah. So it's the little Were you here in my house this morning trying to get mine out? Like that, that, like that, it just, and that's, and it's hard to like, you know, if I was telling my husband, because he leaves before I call it like World War III usually happens every morning to attempt to get both kids in the car so I can drop the oldest off at preschool, come back and like get them dressed, get them fed, get them breakfast, pack the snack, like get the backpack, like all that. And you're right. One little thing like this morning, it was his lovey. He calls Lala and it's like, we're trying to work on accountabilities four and a half and like just hold on to him. And there's one, like he has 20, but there's one that's so dirty that he calls the hard Lala. That's the chosen Lala, right? (laughs) And do you, do you know how stressed, like, Hard law law can dictate and derail my life, right? Mm-hmm. If it's missing or if I'm like frantically searching, I was trying to like just tell that to Bill. My husband, I'm just like, okay, like we had a law law situation this morning. And like, but then it made the shoes hard. Then it, like you said, then it made the teeth brushing hard. And then his little brother is like, hey, I'm, you know, big brother's giving mom hell. Let's join in, right? Like, let's just, and it's not even eight o'clock. And I'm just like, all my coping mechanisms that I'm trying to literally do is went out the door. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't like, why? Like every single morning. Um, and then you say it to someone and they're like, oh, the years are short. Right. And you're like, yes, we know this, but like the days are long. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it and, doesn't, it doesn't negate what 
these situations feel like, you know? Yeah. And it can be so overwhelming. And like you said, it's, it's not even 9am and you're overstimulated. You've already used up all your patients, all your tools to try and like resolve the situation. And yeah, it's completely overwhelming. And then you look at it and you're just like, and you know, we have a heart and no one told me about this either. And then when I started talking about it, people like yeah. the post-school, we have really hard time sometimes post-school like that, just, you know, cause they, he gave it all during school and, you know, it's like, they kind of, you know, they always say they save their worst for the moms, right. Or their like comfort parent. And it's like, so then in my head, I'm like, okay, I have this time to like kind of be pseudo productive, like re-gauge myself after losing that war over a law law or a car seat battle, whatever. And then you had the evenings that can be very hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, it's us, like, like bedtime struggles are the worst trigger for me. I'm getting better at it. Also, Milo's getting older, so it's not as bad. Like now sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to calmly walk downstairs and you just live your life and do whatever. And the other night he came downstairs eventually and he like sat on the chair. I'm like sitting there watching HGTV, like trying to ignore him. And he kept just like sighing. He was like, (sighs) and it was like 9 PM at this point. And I'm like ignoring him, ignoring him. And then eventually I was like, do you want to he was tired. He wanted to go to bed and he was trying to be like, okay. And I was like, I'm not having the battle, but then some nights I have zero like patience or ability Uh to control my like mindset. And I like completely lose my temper. It's wild how it can be one or the other. And it's probably related to like my hormone cycle (laughs) as well. Yeah. Yeah. But some nights I am so equipped to handle anything. Like I Uh look like a professional parent and then other nights, the smallest little, um, like him putting up a fight and not listening and being disrespectful, just like, like triggers me. And then I was just thinking yesterday about how, like, I don't want to be a parent that is unpredictable. Do you know what I mean? And so I think then that's I, all the time. I started I feel like, so unpredictable. Yes. And and that's the thing. Sometimes he gets like this super calm, like never even raises their voice, like just totally, you know, zen person. And then yeah. other times it's like chaos. And so I started thinking about that just yesterday. And I was like, I don't want to be unpredictable in how I react to him. So I need to work on that, but yeah, that's just, we'll share when you know, or yeah, you know, yeah. Gabe, let us know. Cause I think, I think that too, cause it's just like, if you go back to like the, like my youngest hates the car seat. So I like have just, I have to like, be like, it's going to be ugly. And if we're in public, like think people look at us, like, is she murdering her child? I'm like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> trying to put him in his car seat, you know, and I'm sweating. Like uh-huh. it's just ugly. I mean, it's just an ugly situation. And I keep thinking he's going to grow out of it and he just does it yet. And I, I think it's in my head. I rationalize that his brother's turned around and he wants to turn around to like, see uh, who knows if that's actually going to fix it. But you know, it's like some days I'm like, okay. And like, I don't get crazy 
during it, then some days it's just off. And it's like, and I see it on Will's face. He's like, okay, so now you're upset at me for something little because brother did this. And it's, then I feel crappy. And then I ended up apologizing. And it's, again, it's like, am I the only mom that loses her mind before eight o'clock? No, but is anybody else really saying it to let me know that? No, the the car seat thing. Like, I'm sorry, but I have like car seats are the worst. And many times at daycare pickup, I had to go get a teacher to help me get him in his car seat. And of course he would, they would just ask him and he would go in the car seat because he was like, Oh, like, look at me, look what I can do. Like trying to like show them that he can do it. Uh But yeah, I was like, how embarrassing. Like I have to go ask one of the teachers to come and like make it a game for him to get in his seat. But yeah, I remember some of the, like FaceTiming my husband in the car. Like he's not getting in his seat. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, should I call the police? Like, what what do I do? Yeah. No, I mean, I've went through everything and I've like sent out some mom, I have mom groups and I'll like text my friends, I'll text me like, what's your car sick tricks today? You know, and they're like, and then I've like resorted to like, here's a sucker, just get exactly. in, like, yep. you know, or like whatever. Or I'm like, I try, like I try anything and everything. Cause some days I'm just like, I know I can't battle. And my husband's like, I think we're easier on the second one. And I'm like, yeah, cause I'm tapped out from the first one, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm tapped out. I know because, um, and it doesn't feel good to feel that way, like no. to feel angry and like stressed and this like internal response that I have when he's just, you know, oh my Lord, like it's time to get dressed for school. Like I'm tired. Like, leave me alone. You're being annoying. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh my God. Oh my God. Like, you know, it doesn't feel good to be angry, but at the same time, it's like, we're human and we can only take so much. Yeah. I mean, the four and a half year old will, he's very into like, you're, I guess they're at school. They're very, they're working on like kindness and what's rude. And he'll be like, mom, you're being rude. Oh my God. And I'm just like, okay, no, I'm not being rude. Like, and I, (laughs) You know, and I'm just like, why are we even having this conversation? Like, why am I explaining to my four-year-old that I am not being rude to him? Yeah. Like, I get all, we're going to be polite. We're going to be kind. I love that we're teaching that. But like, can you let parents know when like you do that? Because then they come home and then we're, or you're not using your kind face. I was like, my kind face? Like, this is my face. Like, <laughs> like. So Milo, they must be learning the exact same thing in school because that's his new thing now is that I'm being rude. I'm like, I just asked you to brush your teeth. I'm not being rude. (laughs) It's so triggering to me because, and I think it goes back, like it's like our whole life, right? Like people say you're rude before you're a mom, let alone your kid telling it to you. And you're just like, am I, or Hey, you deserve that. Or like, no, is this right. And then it's like, now it's your child, like this human you created. And you're just like, Oh God. Okay. What, what do I do? And his, you, I don't know. And I'm still like, I look up like on parenting blogs. I'm like, what do I do with this? Or like, how do you respond? Because it's like, and we had this conversation, we used our dog as an example. I'm like, okay, so 
Bella's going to be late for dog school, right? So Bella gets a tardy, which means mommy gets like, you know, shunned if you're late so many times, right? And like, they put it on his record and it's like a whole ordeal. So like, you have to get in the car to get to carpool at this time. And I was trying to explain it to him. I'm like, but Bella wants to play. Okay. But you know, Bella's going to like have some bad things occur at school with the tardy. I said, is it rude for you to tell Bella she can't play in that moment? And he was just like, huh. And I'm like, so what's what's different here? And he was like, well, Bella's a dog. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're not at that point to rationalize life. But like, I tried. I was trying my hardest because I'm just like, because part of me just wants to be like, that is not rude. Like, don't talk to me that way. But I'm like, does that help anything? I know. Like, I know. Do I do Sometimes that? I'm yes, like- I do it. Sometimes I literally feel like a child too, because I'm like, no, you're being rude. <laughs> I do that same. I'm just like, he said, okay, miss know-it-all. And I'm like, you are being the know-it-all this morning. And it's just like, I just also, I'm just like, are my neighbors hearing these conversations? You know, that like, you know, in the grocery store, God forbid I bring them both, you know, it's just going to be judgment or eyes or, and I have anxiety sometimes when I take them out by myself. Mm-hmm. Of like, can I handle this situation? Like not even safety. Just like, what if they both go to tantrums or like lose their minds and I have to like carry them both and like wrestle them both in the car seat. And I'm like, does anybody else feel like this weird anxiety to go out sometimes and it just be on you? Or is that just me? No, I used like, to feel that with one. Yeah. With one. It was like a big, like, good for you, Renee. If I got him in the car, brought him to the mall, went to a few stores and I always would tell myself, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You just try and get him back in the car and you go home, but it is anxiety inducing because kids are unpredictable. So just like left and birthday parties, other kids, birthday parties really stress me out. I don't know if they stress you out or not, but like, I feel like you just like all these kids descend upon this area, right? And it's like, sometimes it's kid-friendly, honestly. And sometimes you're just like, why did you choose this venue, right? Like, this is not going to work well for any of us. And at this age, it's like, they just need like a cage safe place, like with yeah. mats and things to jump on. We don't need things that can be broken, right? Like this is, because then I'm like, my kid's going to be the one that breaks it. Yeah. Or then if your kid is like, playing too rough with one kid and the parent hops in or, you know, or, or if that parent is like a helicopter parent and they're like all over their child and your child's near them. And then you throw in icing, right? And then you throw in another kid getting all these presents and then your kid sees all this. And it's like, then yeah. a lot of times it's like close to nap time or during nap time, we're going to these parties now. So we're all just at this point. And I'm like, no one told me birthday parties are stressful. Like, it's like a recipe for a disaster. I, I usually just sit there and like, wait, like who's going to be the first one to start crying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause it's, it's overstimulating for everybody mm-hmm. and everybody parents differently. Yep. And it's like, would we choose these parents that are there as like our friends if our kids were not involved? Probably not. Some yes, <laughs> some no. Yeah. Right. So then you're in this situation and then. I don't know if it's like at my school, but the class parties are constant, right? So like everybody has a birthday and everybody goes to everybody's birthday party on the weekends and it really fills your schedule. I, we don't have that yet. We just got 
one invite that was, I guess the whole class was invited and I was like, oh, that's different. But so far that's the first one we've had other birthday parties, um, like smaller parties, but yeah, Yeah. I'm curious to see how that goes. I was like the whole class, Uh the whole class. And then, so there's two four K's where we're at. And then some, some of them do both classes. So that's like 32 kids. Wow. So I'm very interested in your experience once this becomes like a regular on your weekends. Yeah. And, and then you kind of expect it to invite the whole class once it becomes like a standard, then like when your kid has the party, so then your head, which that's a whole mental load, like we're not even talking about, right? It's like planning for our kids' parties or planning for their activities. Like that mm-hmm. 99% of the time falls on the ball. Yeah. Like the decorations, the venue, the food, the presents, the gifts, like you have to give a treat bag, right? Like you have to send out the invitations. You have to do the RSVPs of the parents. And then if you're attending, then it's just like, you have to block your schedule. If you don't want to bring the little one, you got to get a babysitter. Like, it's just, I'm now, I'm just like, I told my friends, I'm like, you really do not have to invite us to your party. It does not hurt my feelings. Milo's, Milo's birthday falls like right near the first day of school every year. So I'm like, maybe we just do something else for his birthday. But then if everybody else has a party, he's going to expect a party. But I I realized very early on at daycare when it would be Valentine's Day or something like that, like I would just go get the little box of ready-made cards and, Mm -hmm. you know, send them to school. And then Milo would come home with these like homemade like bags with all these different treats and like things in the bed like this whole like valentine's gift and i was like oh my god i feel shitty (laughs) no so legit the same thing happened we were in tennessee valentine's day i went like walmart right and i was like okay cute whatever send it he came home this one mom had made monogram shirts for each child in class and i was like we are not the same and no one told me and honestly every year is progressively got more intense and so i outsource i have a couple of like great um mob business owners in the area that like this is what they do and like this it. is their side hustle and i'm like i will give you my money so like i'm not making these things that i know i'm not created to make and i can still play the game you know, and it's like, but so that's a great idea. They have done some great side hustles. I mean, from like custom cookies to like, even like, I don't know if you guys do elf, um, elf on the shelf, right, little shelf. Yeah. yeah. So they're one of my friends here. She's called the, um, holiday box mom. And like, she literally will make you a box that like you, she gives you directions. She gives you every little craft. Like she gives you all oh, and it like so makes cool. it so easy. So I'm always like, let's support the moms that like they're doing that and like take my money and like, let me not feel shameful with my Walmart cards, which there's nothing wrong with it. Right. But it's like, we have created the standard that it's such a good idea to even get that sorted, you know, at the beginning of the year, be like, what is every holiday? let's like hire someone. Everything is like lined up, ready to go. Because what happens for me is like for Valentine's day, I'm running around to different stores just to try and make Milo a little Valentine's like basket gift thing. Yeah, And 
it's all the Easter stuff that was out. And I, I was like, oh my God, I miss the whole holiday. So I wait too long. That's why the other day I was in one of the drugstores here and like they had aisles of just the cutest Easter stuff. And I texted my husband. I was like, when is Easter? Like, is it like, should I be buying this now? Like yeah. the holiday. And then by the time I get around to being like, okay, I'm going to go make an Easter basket. Now everything's going to be sold out and it's going to be like St. Patty's day stuff or something. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. I mean, cause I, I got wrapped into being room mom and that's a whole other conversation of being room mom of like, I had no idea what, like literally they called me in the carpool line and they're like, Hey, great. You've been nominated. And so you'll do it. Right. And I was just like, what is it? What room mom? So to be in the room mom is like, you're in charge of sending out like all the emails to the parents and say, this event's going on at school. This is what you need to do. This, your child's birthday is in August. You're in charge for the August snack for like their birthday party. So you bring in the cupcakes. Like it's a, you know, forever holiday. We like, I play in their little party and have to send out signups. And I never been room mom. And some moms I think are just made to be room moms. I don't think I'm that mom, but some just like live for it. Right. And they want to make all the crafts and do all that. I'm just more like, let's outsource. (laughs) Okay. People just like sign up. If you go to like the grocery store and grab cupcakes that's fine the kids don't care right like we don't have to set the standard but the interaction with some of the other parents has been extreme right some's been like wants me to basically do it for them some's like that's not enough what you're asking us to do and then some's like talk to my nanny I'm like oh okay so we have a whole spectrum and I'm just like I didn't even really like this wasn't my calling in life, but <laughs> it, it's, it's been like added stress. Like I love knowing, like I have this personality. I love knowing the intricts. I'm like, Ooh, like I get to come to this party and I get to watch and see like the kids and like, you know, but then the backhand of it is just like, I don't want to deal with all that, you know? And it's like, or you're begging people to sign up for book fair. Like you're mm. begging Joey's mom, please. Like, can you give 10 minutes for this book fair? And She's like, no. And you're like, so then you kind of do it. So that was an interesting development in motherhood this year too. And I like even asked people, I'm like, tell me about being a room mom. And no one could really tell me. And I'm like, and then I like found on Pinterest and this woman had made room mom email templates. Oh, wow. And it was like five bucks. I bought it. (laughs) It was, and I was just like, this is everything. She taught you how to like write your room mom intro email. She told you how to write for like the holidays, how to ask for teacher gifts. Like, and I was like, the more I'm like, your moms who's making business business decisions out of like moms don't know what to do. I'm going to support you. And I'm going to be like, show me the way. Like, yeah. honestly, that's what an amazing, all these things, like what an amazing side hustle, you know? Because we're doing it anyways. Like, so these people, I'm just like, these moms, they were doing it. And they're like, yes, I made for this. Um, There's a lady in our neighborhood and she's called the festive friend. She look her on Instagram and she literally will teach you like how to do little like special things for your child for basically every holiday. And it's like maybe two bucks. And she hits up like the dollar sections 
And, but she does it like months in advance when they first go out and she'll post and she'll say, you need to run to your target now or run to your Walmart and hit up the dollar section. And she gives you these printables. You literally just print cut and like tag on it. And I was like, where have you been all my life? Yeah. And I, I always think back to how different things are now. Like when my mom was raising us, all of this was not even a thing. It was like, okay, you get, she'll make like a heart-shaped pancake in the morning or something. But there was no, because you didn't see what everyone and their dog was putting in their lunches. And you know what I mean? And then they compare their lunches. I don't know if Milo does this, but we'll be like, so-and-so, you know, he had one of those fruit roll-ups in his lunch today. And I'm like, Okay. Didn't know fruit roll-ups were like the hot girl in class that I have to like now (laughs) figure out like what's wrong with your pretzels and, you know, but like, it's like that. And then you, right. You go on Instagram. You're like, how did she cut that sandwich into a spider? You know, and it's like, will my kid eat a spider sandwich versus a regular sandwich? I don't know. Depends on his mood. He might throw it down. Like I, you know, know. my efforts could be in vain. I know. I, I, quite enjoy making Milo's little lunch in the mornings because we have by the time he wakes up and then by the time I drive him to school there's like two hours there so I'm like putting together his lunch and I enjoy it and every time I'm like he'll either eat all of it or he's gonna eat hardly any of it like you never know it's just kind of like I know that I'm providing him with enough food for the day so I can feel good and you do with it as you wish. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, I feel like it's almost a review every day when I get the lunchbox back yeah. and I look at it, I'm like, huh, okay. Blueberries were a hit last week. You didn't touch them this week and they're mm-hmm. expensive right now. So can, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. It's not a judgment on my mom's skills of packing lunch, but is it? Yes. Cause I take it. I'm like, what did I not do right today? And then my husband's all just like, he feels like when he does make it on occasion, he'll be like, oh, this is going to be a hit. This is going to be a hit. And I love taking a picture and be like, mm, it wasn't quite a hit today, you know, just because he feels like. <laughs> humble yourself. <laughs> yeah. Humble yourself on the snack packing. Okay. Leave it to the professionals who do it day to day. Yeah. But it's just like those little things, like we talked about, like it's in the morning, it's packing a snack, it's like getting home from school, the bedtime. Like people are just like, what's the big deal? It's like, because it really affects our mental load, right? Like if Mm -hmm. we're already struggling at all, those little things just tip the scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, is there anything you found that's like, you know, we talk about sensory and we talk about like, talk about our breathing. We talk about grounding techniques a lot. We talk about just like we do the angry chair we talk about if you're really feeling resentful or just like it's building up, just go to a safe space and you can just kind of yell at a chair and just let it out or voice journaling. Is there anything that you've kind of found that works for you? I oftentimes, and I started doing this when he was small too, and there was a difficult situation. I, cause when you're in the situation, it feels like it's never ending. Like it feels like this is never going to end. Like this is my life now, you know? And so I always have to remind myself this is temporary. If he's having a meltdown, let's say 
remind myself in an hour, he's going to be happy and like coloring and, you know, being his usual self. Cause yeah, in the moment it can be overwhelming. And if you are in the mindset that this is going to last forever, like it's harder to maintain, like to stay calm and because you just get so overwhelmed. So I try, yeah, try to remember everything is temporary. Try to find the humor in some things, which is easier some days than others. But that's also why TikTok helped me so much in quarantine because these really stressful situations would happen. And in the back of my mind, I was like, ha, that's going to be funny in a TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And it actually made situations that were really terrible seem a little bit lighter because I was like looking at it from somebody else's perspective as a TikTok almost. It was yeah. strange, but it really helped. Um, yeah, Other other than that, I am always very open with my husband, um, which helps like just verbalizing how you feel. And, you know, like lately Milo just the other night said for the first time that he hates me. And I was like, oh, this is new. Like he's never said that before. Will said it, I think in the last two weeks. And I was like, really taken aback. Like it hit hard. And I was like, this is my worst nightmare. Um, And I I think the first time he said it, I was like, you don't say that to me. And he was like, but I hate you. And I was like, what? Then I didn't know how to handle it properly, you know? Um, And then I Googled and I was like, you know, like, because what does moms do, right? We Google, like, what's the best parenting approach? Because we want to be these good moms. And that's stressful enough to be like, is this person a looney tune telling me this? Is this person like, what? Like, I almost want to be like, let me see your kids in real life. Do you really know what you're doing? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like, are you just like selling books? Like, tell me, yeah, that sucks. That like hurts. And like, I don't, Mm. and then I like was ashamed. I was like, should I even like mention it to my friends? Because what's if their kids aren't saying that? And like, what's if you, you know, what's if it's just me being a bad mom? And then I spiraled in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I was like, wow. And I rationally, I can be like, okay, he's four. He probably heard someone say this at school and now he's using it at home. And obviously he doesn't mean that. But at the same time, I'm like, holy, like I do everything for you, like everything. And and they treat us. It's like a thankless job, you know, Yeah, that we take so seriously and we're so concerned about. And then when they say things like that to you, it's just like, wow. So last night we were doing bedtime routine and everything. And he had his little meltdown. He didn't want to put on his pajamas and it was like a whole thing. And then he wanted me to go downstairs. He was like, I don't want mommy here. Like mommy. And I did nothing. Like I was sitting there silent and I was like, why me? Like what? And so I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I just like get up and go downstairs. And then my husband, after he puts him to bed, he comes downstairs and he like gives me a big hug. And I was like, what? Like, why are you giving me this hug? Cause you think my feelings are hurt. Cause he wanted me to go downstairs. He's like, yeah. Because oh, it's like, yeah, a little bit. They were like, yeah, like I do yeah. the same thing, and I'm just like, 
And I'm like, okay, I, it's me. I have to control my emotions. I'm the adult. But like you said, yeah, you're just like, you think in your head, like all the things that are seen and unseen that you have done for this child, that you have gave them life. Like you have sacrificed your career, your body, your sleep, your mental health, like your relationships, like your identity to some point, right? Like, and it's like, you want me to put you to bed? Like, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? You want me to go downstairs? I I, I know. And in my mind, I was like, oh gosh, this is just the beginning of it. Like, I'm sure as kids get older, like I remember my sister saying like she wanted to be put up for adoption, like when she was a teenager and just like, like you're, you ruined my life. Like kids will uh-huh. say the absolute worst things to you. Yeah. And so I need to mentally prepare myself for that, you know, it's coming. that's going to be terrible and so and then, frustrating. And then it's like, at some point they are going to know what those words mean and like say it because they mean it to some extent, like not hundred percent truth. That's what I worry about too. Right. It's like, cause right. We can rationalize their four right now, but yeah. like 15, 16, right. Yeah. Mom, and also me up. the thing is they're not going to even understand how lucky they are, like how amazing of a family life they had, like the opportunities, how other people, you know, like in terms of a life and like a childhood, like how lucky they they were they're not even going to consider that until they're probably like 28 yeah 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 it's true and it's it's like we're just like sowing these seeds and praying and hoping we bring the benefit we raise (laughs) good humans right and like if we survive the process and like stay kind and good ourselves well that's okay we'll end on this I always ask people this, what is the one thing that you kind of wish someone would have told you? Say you're pregnant right now. Let's pretend you're back pregnant, Milo. What's the one thing you wish someone would have told you? Um, I think that I figured it out on my own eventually, but that you need to do what works best for you and your family. And whatever you read about, whatever all your friends are doing, whatever is, you know, being depicted as like the absolute best thing to do right now, it doesn't mean that it's going to be best for you. And you need to put your family's like happiness, your mental health, your ability to enjoy motherhood before what other people are doing and just be confident in your decisions. So for me, it was like stopping breastfeeding and starting him on formula and not doing baby led weaning. When I was so prepared to do it, I bought all the books. I was like, this is going to be great and instantly stopped. Like there are certain things about like how we did postpartum and how we, like my husband slept with the monitor every night. Um, so I could sleep because I was not doing well overnights, like having to wake up so many times. My husband's a professional sleeper, so he was fine doing it. So like figure out what works for your family and don't worry about what other people are doing. No, I think it's, I think people need to hear it. I mean, the same for us, you know, stopping breastfeeding 
was huge for me, especially with our second. Uh, there was a lot of shame, but I'm like, it, it, you know, second time around, I was just like, I know how this is going to go if I don't. Right. And then for us, it was sleep training. That was important to me. Yeah. Some people don't, some people don't believe in that. And some people have very strong opinions of which way you do it. But I knew what I am like, my mental health is key with my sleep. Like I, that's just, I've known it from Will's experience. I knew for James, like I had to sleep and, and I did this. Like, I feel like people always like ask these questions, like two is like, you don't have to answer them or like, it's no one's business, how you feed your baby. If you sleep train, if you do baby led weaning, like who cares when they're hopefully good humans at 28 lined up one day, like no one's going to be like, oh, she was formula. He was breast milk. <laughs> yeah. Like he sleep trained. Oh, you know, like no one, it doesn't matter. Right. Like it just matters no. that the mom is like there and she survives it mm-hmm. because, but that's, I mean, I think that's sound great advice. And yeah. we tell, you know, we tell all our pregnant moms, you know, you just kind of like got to tune out and tune into you. Yeah. Like moms matter. Like you matter, like your happiness in this experience, your mental health, your emotional well-being, like that should almost come first and everything else will fall into place. We say it's a domino, right? If mom is not well, how can you ever expect baby to be well? We say that Uh all the time. Oh yeah. And and people will look at you and be like, and I'm like, no, I mean, like, let's, like not just newborn stage, like the rest of her life in that child's life, if she is not okay. Yeah. And that's, and that's going against this, like, oh, we're blessed. We're highly favored right here this time with these newborn babies. And it's like, uh, no, 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 no. It check on mom first. Like my new mom friends, but babies, I'm just like, how are you? What can I do for you? Versus, yeah. but people are all just like, oh, baby, da, da, da. And it's like, we're, we're losing track here. Like she's no. got the baby if we've got her. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, thank you for your time and like for fighting the good fight for us moms out there that like you said, we matter. And, you know, I just feel better about the car seat, honestly, that you went through it too. Oh. And I and I feel better that we're in the, we're the rude moms now together. So that gives yeah. me some comfort too. It's not just me. Right. But like, we're going to get through exactly. it. And yeah. I'm sure we'll have conversations when our boys are like teenagers and be like, oh, what are you doing with now? Yeah. What's he saying to you now? (laughs) Uh Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I'll link all your stuff in the notes. And I just hope our premium women's follow you like we do and just get encouraged. Awesome. Well, thank you. It was nice talking to you. Yeah. Maternal mental health is as important as physical health. The Preview Alliance podcast was created for and by moms dealing with postpartum depression and all its variables like anxiety, anger, and even apathy. Hosted by CEO, founder, Sarah Parkhurst, and licensed clinical social worker, Whitney Gay, each episode focused on specific issues relevant to pregnancy and postpartum. Join us and hear how other moms have overcome mental health challenges, as well as access tips and suggestions on dealing with your own challenges as moms. You can also browse our podcast library and listen to previous episodes at any time. Please know you're not alone on this journey. We're here to help.